I'm not sure what God will have and the end of this battle will be, but let us stand up for our people and for our God, and we'll see what God will do with us. We're to be brave and we're to be strong. In the New Testament, this speaks about growing strong in our faith. And it's a call that Paul gave to us in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we are to love. We are to act with love. It's love with action. I like to define the Greek word agape here as a giving love that expects nothing in return. It's a love with action. We're to act with love. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. I titled this message today, as I've already noted, Instructions, Plans, and Exhortations. We find Paul summing up all of his thoughts in the final chapter of this letter. I broke it into five parts. He begins in verses 1 through 4 concerning collections. In verses 5 through 9, a great and effective door. Verses 10 through 12, faithful servants of Christ. 13 through 18, final instructions. And then final greetings, 19 through 22. And so, Father, I pray that you would just be with us, Lord. We have five main sections in this last chapter Each section, Lord, teaches a little bit of the importance of how it is to walk as Christians. Our first section talking about helping others in need. And so, Father, I just pray that you would help us to heed your word today. And Lord, help us to apply it to our lives. Those things which the Spirit is teaching to the church, to this church, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. In verses 10 through 12, we find faithful servants of Christ. Verses 10 through 12, again, the context, it says, Now if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear, for he does the work of the Lord, as I also do. Therefore, let no one despise him, but send him on his journey in peace, that he may come to me, for I am waiting for him with the brethren. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to come to you with the brethren, but... He was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when he has a convenient time. So talking about faithful servants, he names two of them, Timothy and Apollos. And regarding Timothy, we find that Timothy was just, Paul called him a dear son of faith, a true son of faith, a beloved son. 
Timothy held a special place in Paul's heart. He was someone that Paul could trust in the work of the ministry. And often Paul would send Timothy off to do an errand as we read about him doing now. And he says, if he comes, make sure that you support him in the work because he does the work of the Lord as I myself do. And so Paul had often sent Timothy off. He sent him to Thessalonica to encourage and establish the work there. Timothy ministered at Corinth. He was part of the group that accompanied Paul to Jerusalem. And he was also with Paul during his Roman imprisonment, not the whole time, but we find that he was with him when he wrote salutations of his letters to the Philippians, to Colossians, to Philemon. Timothy was there. And so Paul simply calls him a brother, a minister of God in 1 Thessalonians 3, 2, our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. In Philippians 2, 20, he says, I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. Timothy was a, a great follower, and I think that's so important for those of us who, hey, I'm not so young anymore. But I still have those in ministry that I look up to, that I look to for help and for counsel. And I think as younger believers in Jesus Christ, we should mark those who have been faithful in, in the work of the ministry. We should mark those, whether uh, male or female, they've been faithful in the work that God had called them to. Mark them and learn from them. Come alongside. Be those who would be willing to help and to serve under them. And then regarding Apollos, it would appear that Apollos was somewhat an apostle much like Paul. They were contemporaries, but they were not under each other's authority. They were separate men doing the work that God had called them to. So apparently Paul had encouraged Apollos to go to the church in Corinth, but at this time Apollos was not willing to go and no doubt said, when the time is right, I'll go. So we learn back in chapter 1 that Paul talked about Apollos. And the Corinthian believers, some of them have come to faith under Paul's teaching, under the teaching of Apollos, under Peter's teaching. Some have come to faith through Christ, they said. No man was named. And yet they were dividing over preachers instead of uniting under Christ. We looked at that at the beginning of our study. Apollos is twice named in the book of Acts and eight times in Paul's letters, seven times coming from the book of 1 Corinthians. But it's in Acts 18 that we actually learn about Apollos. I may have said Acts 8, but Acts 18, he's named. And we find in Acts 18 that he was a man who was from Alexandria. He was a Jewish man. He was eloquent and mighty in word. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord he was fervent in spirit. It means a word that to boil over, we might say he was on fire. And he taught accurately the things of the Lord. With the Corinthians dividing over preachers instead of uniting under Christ, Paul urges Apollos to return to Corinth. And yet at this time, he was unwilling to go. Timothy and Apollos were faithful ministers of the Lord. And it is so important to have faithful servants in every ministry. Those who are faithful to serve the Lord in the work that the Lord has called them to. 
final instructions he gives to the people in verses 13 through 18. And the context says, watch, stand fast in faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. I urge you, brethren, you know, in the household of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Acacia, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that you may submit to such and to everyone who works and labors with us. I am glad about the coming of Stephanus, Fortuanus, and Acacia. I know I said that wrong, but forgive me. I'm not going to try again. I'll just fail again. For what was lacking on your part, they supplied. For they refreshed my spirit and yours, therefore acknowledge such men. I can't say their names, but I acknowledge them. Written in the word of God. First of all, we find this exhortation. Five are given in verses 13 and 14. They were to watch, first and foremost. It means to be in continued readiness, to be alert, to be watchful. And it's a command that the Lord gave us also in, in Matthew 24, 42. Jesus said, watch therefore, for you do not know when the Lord is coming. In Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. In Luke 21, 36, watch therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape the things that will come to pass. We are to watch also, we're to stand fast. It's a word that means to stand firm, to stand firm in our faith. He connects it to faith here. Second Corinthians 1.24, again, he says, For by faith you stand. In Galatians 5.1, stand fast with the liberty that Christ has set us free. In Philippians 1.27, stand fast in one spirit. In Philippians 4.1, Stand fast in the Lord. We are to stand, stand firm, to stand fast. We're to be brave. It speaks about having wisdom and courage, not to be as a, a babe in Christ, but as men and women who have grown to maturity. I like the King James on this one. He says, quit you like men. Quit you like men. I know we don't speak that way anymore, but... Basically, it's a, a word in the Greek that means when it's time to stand in battle, you stand like a man and not run like a coward. Stand forth. Quit like a man. Not quit. Okay, it's King James. We, I don't even want to go there. Languages have changed through the years. It's like Joab saying to David's army in 2 Samuel 10, 12, Be of good courage. And let us be strong for our people, for our city, and for our God. And may the Lord do what is right in his sight. Joab saying to the army of Israel at that time, I'm not sure what God will have and the end of this battle will be, but let us stand up for our people and for our God. And we'll see what God will do with us. We're to be brave and we're to be strong. In the New Testament, this speaks about uh, growing strong in our faith. And it's a call that Paul gave to us in Ephesians 6.10. He said, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we are to love 
We are to act with love. It's love with action. I like to define the Greek word agape here as a giving love that expects nothing in return. It's a love with action. We're to act with love. In 1 John 4, 10 and 11, it tells us, in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. If we would strive to live by these five exhortations, it would not only change our own lives, but the lives of those around us as well. We're also to submit to those who devote themselves to ministry, those devoted ministers. And I think this is important, that whether talking about these three men whose names I can barely say, Stephanus, uh, one of them, he was of the first fruits, meaning one of the first that came to faith in Jesus Christ there in the region of Acacia or in Corinth. But they had devoted themselves to the ministry early on and they continued to serve the Lord. He was the first fruits, the beginning of the sacrifice, the first to come to faith, he and his family. They were devoted, meaning that they had placed themselves in service to the saints. But what's blessed is not only were they among the first fruits, they continued in that work. And what a blessing it is to find those who come to faith in Jesus Christ, but years later, they're still walking in the faith. They had submitted themselves. We are to submit ourselves to such who are devoted in the work of ministry like this. This Greek word for submit here means to rank under. And as I said, even now at the age of 60, I have those that I look up to in ministry. I deem myself ranked under them in ministry. I'm willing to submit. I saw a great uh, example of this. It blew me away. I didn't understand this ranking under at the time. I was probably 32, 33 years old in the school of ministry at Calvary Chapel. We were in class. It was a Friday because that's the day that Pastor Chuck would come in and teach us for two hours each Friday morning. But that Friday, Chuck was busy. So he had some of his boys come and uh, talk with us. One of the boys was Raul Reese. And I remember that Raul was at the podium. He was talking to the school of ministry, probably about 60 guys in the class at that time. And he was in mid-sentence saying something when Pastor Chuck opened the door, stuck his hand in and went like this. And Raul said, I got to go. And he stopped and he walked away. That was the end of it. He was devoted to he who was over him, Pastor Chuck. All Chuck had to do was go like this. And Raul stopped in mid-sentence and said, I have to go. I was shocked by that at the time. I didn't understand this ranking under. I better understand that now today. 1 Peter 5.5 5 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another to be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And then he names the three faithful servants that I couldn't read. Again, I'm not going to try it again. But Stephanus, we know that he was of the first believers in Acacia, and he continued to be faithful in the work that was there. We find that these three, only being named here in 1 Corinthians, that 
they refreshed the spirits of the brothers and sisters. Even though they were named either two or three times or even once in Scripture, they were about doing the work of ministry. It's so important. I believe that they understood the five exhortations of Paul to watch, to stand fast, to be brave, to be strong, and to love in action. It may be that we would learn that as well. In his final greetings, in verses 19 through 23, we're going to make it. And the churches of Asia greet you, Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord, with the church that meets in their house. All the brethren greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The salutation of, of my own hand, Paul. If anyone does not have the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be accursed. O Lord, come. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so his final greetings, he begins with Aquila and Priscilla. Well, actually, he begins with the churches of Asia sending greetings. So it's apparent that it was public knowledge that Paul was writing this letter to the Corinthians. And so people said, hey, you're writing a letter to Corinth? Tell him I said hi. That's kind of what's going on here. Uh, now we can text someone, we can email them, we can do that ourselves. But back in the day when a letter was going forth, sometimes, again, being hand-delivered, they didn't have the U.S. Postal Service doing it for them, that it was a custom to kind of send greetings from others. They sent it from the churches of Asia, also from Aquila and Priscilla, great saints that just served alongside Paul. But what I like here is that they not only sent greetings from Aquila and Priscilla, but also from the church that was meeting in their house. We find that this is what they did. They took people in. They took Paul in when he first came to Corinth, and they, Paul lodged with them. And then a church meeting in their home. They're in Ephesus. We also find when they lived in Rome that they had a church meeting in their home. He said to greet one another with the holy kiss. Now, this goes totally against social distancing rules today. So you can blow a kiss. I don't know, blowing a kiss, you get those. Nope, that's bad. If you have a mask on, you can't see the kiss coming anyways, so it's got to be the eyes. It's been a little more challenging today. So a high five without touching, maybe today. But it appears that the holy kiss was the common greeting of faith in that day. Paul signs in verse 21 with his own hand. It's apparent through his epistles that he used a scribe, a secretary, we might say, to he dictated his letters. They were written for him. But he signed his own name here to acknowledge that this is from me, basically saying, check it out. It's my signature. This letter's from me. It appears that there were those who were fraudulently signing names. I got an email from uh, one of the pastors in California this week. And uh, the email was suspicious. I said, hey, how are you doing? If you got a chance, could you email me? I got a question for you. And it's like, all right, I know Pastor Terry. He would just, if he had a question, he would ask it. And so I emailed him. Actually, I messaged him. And I said, hey, I think your email has been compromised. You might want to check it out. And sure enough, that's what happened. Somebody I got into his email and they, he said, uh, through a Facebook post I saw later on saying that if you get an email from me, I'm not asking for money, please just disregard 
I don't know what he's going to do with that, but apparently it was happening then too. Paul needs money. And of course, that money was going to individuals, not to Paul. But Paul signed it with his own name. This letter's from me. Now here in verse 22, he uses two Greek words that we're very familiar with that you don't see in the text. The first is accursed. The Greek word is anathema. And the second is, O Lord, come, that's maranatha. So in one verse, he says, anathema, let him be accursed. And in the second verse, maranatha. Now, in the sense, the two go together because anathema means that of a judgment coming upon someone. Let him be accursed. But Maranatha speaks about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the final judgment that he will bring when he comes. And so when we say Maranatha, the Lord comes, we're also saying the Lord's coming and he's going to bring judgment upon this world. Anathema and Maranatha. And then finally, grace and love, verses 23 through 24. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you in love be upon you. Grace, uh, speaking about this favor that comes from the Lord, Paul always signed his epistles with the grace of God coming upon them, and also love, agape, he's sending forth the love of God to them. It may be that we would have the cry of Maranatha on our hearts today. Maranatha, Lord, come. But knowing that when the Lord comes, he's coming to bring judgment upon this world. It is my hope that you've realized Jesus as the Savior of your life. That you would be part of the salvation that he has afforded to us. Here at the church, we have a motto that says, believe, receive, grow, and go. I'm speaking also to our radio audience, to our Facebook audience. We begin with the believe. And the Bible telling us in Hebrews 11, 6, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not only that we must believe that there is a God, we have to receive the Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts. In Romans 5.17, we have attached this verse. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more than those who receive the abundance of grace... And the gift of righteousness will reign through the life, through the one, Jesus Christ. But it's not just about receiving Christ as Savior. Yes, that's important. We have to grow in our faith. And the word tells us in 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. We have to grow, but we also need to go. And... Uh, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. I paused there because last night, you wouldn't believe this, David. Last night I was dreaming about next year's family camp and the theme being from Matthew 28, 19 through 20. In my dream, I was developing teaching points of going and making disciples and teaching and baptizing. And I don't know if that was from the Lord or not, but it was in my mind as I was dreaming early this morning. 
Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. We have to believe, receive, grow, and go. And I hope that you know Jesus as your Savior. We thank you so much, Lord, for the word that you have taught us today. I pray, Lord, that we would be a people willing to walk in obedience to your word. Lord, I pray that you would touch our lives in such a way that we could touch the lives of others with the work of ministry and the work that you've called us to, Lord. A lot, Lord, has been talked about in this last chapter, so much so that I'm trying to even rehearse it in my own mind. I pray, Lord, for each of us, perhaps it's one thing that stood out that we could build upon for this coming week. Lord, let us think about that one thing, perhaps, that you, you pricked our heart about. Maybe not everything, maybe it was too much, but maybe there's one thing, Lord, that you would like to teach us this week. Help us to heed that one thing. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. And let God